Chapter Sixteen of *The Prince and the Pauper*. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Denise Nordell. *The Prince and the Pauper* by Mark Twain. Chapter Sixteen: The State Dinner. The dinner hour drew near. Yet, strangely enough, the thought brought but slight discomfort to Tom and hardly any terror the morning's experiences had wonderfully built up his confidence the poor little ash-cat was already more wanted to his strange garret after four days habit than a mature person could have become in a full month a child's facility in accommodating itself to circumstances was never more strikingly illustrated let us privileged ones hurry to the great banqueting-room and have a glance at matters there whilst tom is being made ready for the imposing occasion it is a spacious apartment with gilded pillars and pilasters and pictured walls and ceilings at the door stand tall guards as rigid as statues dressed in rich and picturesque costumes and bearing halberds in a high gallery which runs all around the place is a band of musicians and a packed company of citizens of both sexes in brilliant attire in the centre of the room upon a raised platform is tom's table now let the ancient chronicler speak a gentleman enters the room bearing a rod and along with him another bearing a tablecloth which after they have both kneeled three times with the utmost veneration he spreads upon the table and after kneeling again they both retire then come two others one with the rod again the other with a salt cellar a plate and bread when they have kneeled as the others had done and placed what was brought upon the table they too retire with the same ceremonies performed by the first at last come two nobles richly clothed one bearing a tasting-knife who after prostrating themselves three times in the most graceful manner approach and rub the table with bread and salt with as much awe as if the king had been present so end the solemn preliminaries now far down the echoing corridors we hear a bugle-blast and the indistinct cry place for the king way for the king's most excellent majesty these sounds are momently repeated they grow nearer and nearer and presently almost in our faces the martial note peals and the cry rings out way for the king at this instant the shining pageant appears and files in at the door with a measured march let the chronicler speak again first come gentlemen barons earls knights of the garter all richly dressed and bareheaded next comes the chancellor between two one of which carries the royal sceptre the other the sword of state in a red scabbard studded with golden fleur-de-lis the point upwards next comes the king himself whom upon his appearing twelve trumpets and many drums salute with a great burst of welcome whilst all in the galleries rise in their places crying god save the king after him come nobles attached to his person and on his right and left march his guard of honour his fifty gentlemen pensioners with gilt battle-axes this was all fine and pleasant tom's pulse beat high and a glad light was in his eye he bore himself right gracefully and all the more so because he was not thinking of how he was doing it his mind being charmed and occupied with the blithe sights and sounds about him and besides nobody can be very ungraceful in nicely fitting beautiful clothes after he has grown a little used to them especially if he is for the moment unconscious of them tom remembered his instructions and acknowledged his greeting with a slight inclination of his plumed head and a courteous i thank ye my good people 
he seated himself at table without removing his cap and did it without the least embarrassment for to eat with one's cap on was the one solitary royal custom upon which the kings and the canties met upon common ground neither party having any advantage over the other in the matter of old familiarity with it the pageant broke up and grouped itself picturesquely and remained bareheaded now to the sound of gay music the yeomen of the guard entered the tallest and mightiest men in england they being carefully selected in this regard but we will let the chronicler tell about it the yeomen of the guard entered bareheaded clothed in scarlet with golden roses upon their backs and these went and came bringing in each turn a course of dishes served in plate these dishes were received by a gentleman in the same order they were brought and placed upon the table while the taster gave to each guard a mouthful to eat of the particular dish he had brought for fear of any poison tom made a good dinner notwithstanding he was conscious that hundreds of eyes followed each morsel to his mouth and watched him eat it with an interest which could not have been more intense if it had been a deadly explosive and was expected to blow him up and scatter him all about the place he was careful not to hurry and equally careful not to do anything whatever for himself but wait till the proper official knelt down and did it for him he got through without a mistake flawless and precious triumph when the meal was over at last and he marched away in the midst of his bright pageant with the happy noises in his ears of blaring bugles rolling drums and thundering acclamations he felt that if he had seen the worst of dining in public it was an ordeal which he would be glad to endure several times a day if by that means he could but buy himself free from some of the more formidable requirements of his royal office End of chapter 16 recording by Denise Nordell Modesto California